Systemic lupus erythematosus. Systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE, is a multi-system inflammatory autoimmune disorder with a broad spectrum of clinical presentations encompassing all organs and tissues. It is nine times more common in females than males. The incidence is between 2 and 8 in 100,000 diagnoses each year, with people of African American, Latin American, African Caribbean, South Asian and Hispanic descent between 16 and 55 years old being the most commonly affected. In Station 5, you may be asked to assess a patient with SLE who may present with symptoms such as joint pains, rash or hair loss. Spend about three minutes taking a focused history. Ask about timing. When did it start? Was it sudden onset or gradual, over days, weeks or months? Is it there all the time or does it come and go? Is it getting worse? Have they ever had this problem before? Ask about joint pain, swelling, stiffness, redness and function. Which joints are affected? Is it both sides or just one? In which order did they become affected? Are large or small joints affected or both? Does the patient have morning stiffness and if so, for how long does it last? Screen for extra articular features. Ask about systemic features such as fever, night sweats, weight loss, fatigue, lymph nodes, sleep disturbance, appetite, and malaise. Check for ray nodes by asking, do your fingers go cold and change colour in cold weather? Ask about rashes or sensitivity to the sun. Is there any hair loss or thinning? Any mouth, nose or genital ulcers? Do they have swollen or tight skin of the hands or arms? Any dry eyes or mouth or any eye problems such as redness, pain or change in vision? Ask about cardiovascular and respiratory symptoms. Any chest pain, shortness of breath, orthopnea, paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea, palpitations, ankle swelling, syncope or presyncope, wheeze, cough and sputum colour, amount, consistency, blood and smell, exercise tolerance and cardiovascular risk factors. Ask about gastrointestinal and genitourinary symptoms, including appetite, weight change, dysphagia, nausea or vomiting, hematemesis, indigestion, jaundice and abdominal pain. Ask about a change in bowel habit, bloating, tenesmus, urgency, dysuria and urethral or vaginal discharge. Ask about renal signs such as high blood pressure or blood or protein in the urine. Ask about neurological symptoms such as headaches, visual disturbance, fits or faints, dizziness, hearing problems, weakness, numbness or tingling, loss of memory, personality change, confusion, hallucinations, anxiety or depression. 
Ask about a past medical history of a TIA or a stroke. Ask about muscle problems such as pain, weakness or stiffness and whether these symptoms are proximal or distal. Are there any problems with swallow, voice or breathing? Ask about any problems related to pregnancy such as miscarriage, premature births, a history of DVT, PE or MI or a baby with heart block or rash. Ask past medical history including gout, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, SLE, inflammatory bowel disease, psoriasis or other autoimmune conditions and any family history of these conditions. Take a drugs history. Ask about new medications that could lead to drug-induced lupus such as hydralazine, procainamide, isoniazid, phenytoin or interferon. Take a social history including whether they are pregnant or breastfeeding. Remember to cover ideas, concerns and expectations. Take about three minutes to examine the patient. Look at the head and scalp, examining for malar rash, alopecia, discoid lupus, mouth ulcers, conjunctival pallor and lymph nodes. Assess the hands and the arms for nail fold vasculitis, synovitis, ray nodes or a fistula. Examine any joints the patient has mentioned in the history. Examine the heart, lungs, abdomen and assess for neurological signs. Check the legs for edema or signs of DVT. Examine the skin for discoid lupus, vasculitic rash, photosensitivity rash or levido reticularis which is a lacy pattern under the skin. The patient may appear cushionoid from steroid use. Spend a final two minutes explaining your findings and diagnosis to the patient. A suggested explanation is as follows. It seems that you are having symptoms and signs of inflammation in various parts of your body. A condition called lupus affects the skin, joints and other organs. I'd like to test you for this by taking blood tests and I'd also like to test your urine and check your blood pressure, get a chest x-ray as well as a tracing of your heart. I'll refer you to a rheumatologist who specialises in this condition. In the meantime, we can try an anti-inflammatory painkiller to help your joint symptoms and try to avoid the sun or use sunscreen. If it is lupus, then the treatments can be given to control your symptoms and reduce the inflammation. The examiner might ask if you are aware of a classification criteria. The SLICC 2012 classification criteria requires four or more criteria for a definite diagnosis including one clinical and one immunological feature. You can read more about the criteria on the Leeds Medical Education website. The examiner might ask which investigations you would like to do. Suggest the following blood tests. Full blood count, user knees, LFT, clotting and inflammatory markers such as CRP or ESR. 
Useful immunology tests include ANA, which is raised in 98% of patients with SLE. Antiribosomal P is specific and can be positive in ANA-negative patients. Anti-DS DNA is 95% specific and 70% sensitive. Anti-Smith antibodies are pathognomonic for SLE, but the test is only positive in 10-30% of cases. Anti-Rho and LA may be positive and are associated with neonatal lupus or heart block. Anti-RNP may be raised in mixed connective tissue disease. Rheumatoid factor is positive in 40% of patients. Further immunological tests include anti-CCP, ANCA, immunoglobulins and complement CH50 tests which might show a low C3 or C4. Differential diagnoses for lupus are as follows. Drug-induced lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Stills disease, undifferentiated or mixed connective tissue disease, primary Schrogen's, antiphospholipid syndrome, fibromyalgia, lymphoma, infection, pulmonary renal syndrome, including good pastures and anchor-associated vasculitis, systemic sclerosis, and dermatomyositis. The characteristic malar rash is a photosensitive red papular butterfly rash on the face, which spares the nasolabial folds. Differential diagnosis of malar rash includes seborrheic dermatitis, rosacea, atopic dermatitis, and contact dermatitis. Discoid lupus is an autoimmune process characterized by plaques and scaly erythema with atrophic centers resulting in scarring. It affects the scalp, neck, face, back and arms. Follicular plugging results in a rough, cone-shaped, elevated papules associated with scarring. Patients may develop alopecia, hypopigmentation and painful joints. Discoid lupus rarely progresses to SLE, only in 5% of cases. It is usually ANA negative, although it can be positive. The management of discoid lupus involves conservative measures such as avoiding the sun and the use of sunscreen. Medical managements include topical potent steroids or hydroxychloroquine. Differential diagnosis of discoid lupus include eczema, psoriasis or tinea corporis. Lupus can have various effects on the lungs. Complications include pleurisy or pleural effusion, infection due to immunosuppression, pulmonary hypertension, pulmonary fibrosis, pulmonary embolism, and acute lupus pneumonitis. Rarer but serious complications include pulmonary hemorrhage, shrinking lung, and ARDS due to reaction to biologic therapy. Lupus can have serious effects on the heart, the most common being pericarditis and pericardial effusion, myocarditis and Lippmann-Sachs endocarditis. Lupus is associated with an increased risk of coronary heart disease, valvular disease, arrhythmias and heart failure. Antiphospholipid syndrome, or APL, 
can be primary or secondary. Secondary APL occurs with other autoimmune diseases such as SLE. 10% of patients with primary APL syndrome develop lupus within 10 years. 50% of patients with SLE also have APL. You should suspect antiphospholipid syndrome in patients with arterial thrombosis if they are less than 50 years old, unprovoked venous thrombosis in less than 50 year olds, recurrent thrombosis, both arterial and venous events, and unusual sites such as renal, liver, cerebral, mesenteric, vena cava, or retinal. Antiphospholipid syndrome is associated with obstetric complications such as miscarriage, stillbirth, preterm delivery, early or severe preeclampsia, and unexplained intrauterine growth restriction. At least one of the following lab criteria are required for diagnosis in addition to clinical criteria. Anticardiolipin antibodies, anti-beta-2 glycoprotein-1 antibodies, or lupus anticoagulant would need to be positive on at least two occasions 12 weeks apart to meet the criteria. Management involves avoiding oestrogen contraceptives, giving prophylactic aspirin, and heparin or oral anticoagulants for thrombosis. There are several measures to monitor disease activity and damage due to disease or treatment, and the scores help to make dis treatment decisions. One example that you could suggest is the SLE Disease Activity Index. Lupus has a chronic waxing and waning course. A flare is suggested by low lymphocytes, low complement, normal low CRP, raised ESR, anemia, thrombocytopenia, or a raised anti-DS DNA. Importantly, infection is suggested by a normal or raised white cell count if it's usually low, together with a raised CRP. Morbidity and mortality in lupus results from infections, atherosclerosis, osteoporosis, and malignancy, especially lymphoma, lung cancer, or cervical malignancies. The management of lupus can be structured as follows. Conservative management includes sunscreen and pregnancy advice. You would medically manage cardiovascular risk factors and prescribe ACE inhibitors for proteinuria. In mild to moderate lupus with musculoskeletal and mucocutaneous features, give low dose oral prednisolone and bone and gastroprotection, hydroxychloroquine, azathioprine or methotrexate. NSAIDs can be given for joint pain, but make sure that you monitor the renal function. Severe lupus with major organ involvement may require intravenous methylprednisolone, cyclophosphamide, mycophenolate mofetil, rituximab or bilimumab. As a surgical treatment, renal transplant may be required with end-stage renal failure. The content of this podcast was adapted from Dr. Sarah Kennedy's notes, which can be found on the Medical Education Leeds website. For full references and more information, please go to www.medicaleducationleeds.com forward slash paces.